What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo Roundtable. Um, we don't have Hannibal or Gary this week, both for their own reasons, but um, instead we have Zach filling in. And of course, we were ready to roll, even if Zach couldn't have filled in, but we're happy he's here because uh, Dash Theory TV John and Kim Side Money Kim, we were ready to go if we had to. I mean, you know, we would have made it work. But I'm glad Zach is do. here because a fourth voice is, it's not a round table with three people. It's a triangle. <laughs> I was going to say, are we a triangle now? We're a square. <laughs> uh, yeah, Thanks for having it, me. <laughs> I'm not sure where it becomes round at. Well, just imagine a circle around it. <laughs> Connect the dots. <laughs> but yes, thank you everybody for being here. Thank you, Zach, for joining us. And I just noticed a little thing up there. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. Please hit that like on your way in. And I just noticed a like from Facebook, which we don't get often because I don't stream everything to Facebook even. But whoever's watching on Facebook, thank you. Tell other people. I've always wondered if Facebook had anything going on over there. So appreciate you being here. Um, and I just wanted to shout out quickly to whoever's here so far. What's up, Thomas? Thank you for hit, saying smash that like on the way in. What's up, Derek, Mr. DSN? Um Hey, what's up, Gary? I guess Gary could have been on. <laughs> He's kidding. around. What's up, Chris Taylor? Uh, what's up, Zach? Hey. <laughs> what's up, Gigan? He says, Gigan says, uh, he's in uh, Minnesota. What's up, my acquaintances? <laughs> like Very formal. Josh B., who's Joe? Yeah, we all wonder who Joe is. And if you don't know the story about Joe from Gary's videos, promoting gary's apps um joe is gary's alter ego and that's no joke he used to be joe to a lot of people and people thought joe middleton was actually the guy to go to so gary was almost hiding his name and keeping it private until we started making it public on 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 social media and then a lot in the beginning, everybody asked they said who's joe who's joe and and it finally came out gary so what you like, guys like doxed him or something it sounds well, like he, I think he did. was like I think he was like fine with it. He was like, "Yeah, there's me and there's Joe." And I'm like, "But Joe doesn't exist." He's like, "Right." Yeah, that's but that's his Instagram though too. That's his that's his Instagram. His Instagram is Joe. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I always think that's funny. I mean, usually the just the generic part of that those those uh animated intros, I would think Joe's a pretty just common way to go, but there is actually a little story there behind that. So there it is, guys. That's Joe. Um, Gary is Joe. That is. His. I don't Joe's know which one's the alter Joe. ego of who or who's the superhero of the two. I don't know. Um, but 
I think Gary should answer that one. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it up to Gary. Gary, you have a plot twist. You can uh, can think it through until next week. His license Uh, says Anthony. uh, What's up, Sassy? How are you? Good to see you in here. Hi, Bud Soda. Um, You didn't get the hat trick on the deers. That's the only deer joke I'll do. We're in hockey season. I know you nipped two, but you didn't get a third. You didn't get the hat trick. And what's up, Rick? Uh, Rick is now living here in Colorado on the Western Slope. Looking forward to hooking up with him at some point. Hey, Red, how are you? Um, 360 people for an f- official round table. No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That's a lot. It's kind of complicated with four or five. Imagine everybody talking at the same time with all those people. And there's the Nothing answer. Nothing would ever get done. No. It's his middle name. It's Gary Joe Middleton. Now you're really doxing him. But now I wonder if that's even true. I don't even know if that's true. I feel like he told me he had a different middle name. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, guys, we're going to talk about a few different things tonight. Um, We'll get into some of the other stories, but I want to start off by something that really kind of shook me up today. Um, or yesterday, I, sh- I should say, because we saw signs of this happening. Um, I want to talk about real, uh, we won't drag it out, but I want to talk about Colorado Senate Bill SB 23-098, because like I had been saying, if that bill didn't have union ties behind it, which it didn't, but if it truly didn't have any trap doors, and if it didn't, um, uh, my only concern about it was that would there be trap doors? And my biggest concern that I had talked about two weeks ago with David on the on Para Presents was if if there's no money funneling to any politicians, I am very weary of this bill passing, even though it's a bill that makes sense. And I say that because look, I think that what I'm gonna provide here in a second is kind of proof about something I say often, I don't think everybody needs to be a registered independent voter. I am. And the reason is, is because I vote on both sides of the ticket. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I no longer stick with any party affiliation. And I'm going to kind of show why here in a second, because this bill had no money attached to it. Every other bill, Connecticut, North Carolina, Minnesota, um, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, if anything happens, Massachusetts, they all have numbers. We're going to pay you this much active time, this per mile, and none of them work. We've gone through this. But the Colorado bill didn't have any numbers attached to it. It just said that drivers need to see everything up front and that the customer needs to see on the receipt side everything broken down. So the customer needs to see processing service, the, what they paid for in food, and what the driver got paid. I love that. So it should be that way anyway. Um, that's a good solution to all of this. And I've been fighting for transparency since day one. And I think that the fact that transparency was shot down is a big deal. And the only other thing that was in the bill, the only other thing was that if you're wrongfully deactivated, you had a right to challenge. Now, this is what the driver's rights movement was that we did through para. Um, but we, I mean, it was, it, it was a separate entity, but all of us were pulling people in. There's over 60,000 signatures on that, and it's still up right now, the website. Um, we have over 60,000 signatures. And the Colorado House was going to put this on the floor 
and let it be passed through. And they did the count like they always do. We have the numbers. We have the votes. It's going to go through. It's going to get to the Senate. Well, two Democrats, and this is why I'm pointing this out. I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying this is why you need to watch who you vote for. And, and I really, no matter what you do, if you if you keep party affiliation, just if you ever, I mean, you can do it however you want, clearly. But if if you want to take a piece of advice, at least learn to not just vote straight down the ticket. It's not always the best move. You don't need to be independent, but kind of look into some of these people. Because here's a perfect example. This should have had a House floor vote. And even if it didn't pass the... Um, the the committees to fund it which would have came, come after a house uh, vote it doesn't matter it should have hit the house floor and everybody knew it well i can tell you that probably if we said this to 99 percent of the people they would say oh i'm sure some republicans destroyed that before it hit the floor nope two democrats did two democrats here in colorado and we have their names um, they were. I, I emailed with Stephanie today, and she emailed me back, gave me the names, gave me the emails, and I have them. Um, we did a pair of video that's a half hour release today. If you want to go learn about the names, we actually release them in there. But I will say this: I will be getting in contact with them because these Democrats are as tied into big tech as any other politicians on the right or left, and because of that, they were slated to vote for this bill but they bailed out and decide or they were you know let's call it handlers these politicians have handlers when they take too many people under their wing and start accepting too many donations and so their handlers basically were like well you're not going to vote that thing on and not only that the you the keywords that you should be hearing here is that the bill didn't even hit the floor and not only that, usually you would expect most people just say, well, I'm sure a Republican did that. No, two Democrats did it. And it's the scary thing to me here is because this is proof. And I think we all know this, but from time to time, we need to hear it. This is proof that, at least in my opinion, that we, if there's no money behind these bills, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, an independent, to the far right, to the far left, it doesn't matter where you are. If these bills don't have money behind them or a number like Connecticut, $33, $36 an hour and a dollar thirty per mile, never going to work. Okay. So you know what? Like that's not going to work, but it has a dollar amount behind it. So there's people fighting for it because that funnels back to them and causes that they want. And I understand, I need to say this. I understand why the politicians do this because politicians, politicians make headway because they trade with other people. I need your support on this bill. Okay. But if you do that, I need your support on this bill. All of a sudden you're going down roads that you weren't expecting to go down. And it's kind of how I view a lie and how I've taught my son about lying. You know, lying will just snowball into more and more and more problems. You won't even know where you are anymore. Um, and you won't know how to dig out of it. And that's kind of how I view politics. I feel, I, I'm not calling it all of them corrupt, but I feel like there's no way to be in politics without getting into some corruption. I mean, there just isn't because you're going to get, you're going to make ties and acquaintances and you're going to really like, if you're so diehard about this one thing, you might get it through, but how did you get it through? What did you give up to get it through? Because this bill had no money attached yet. David and I spoke about this and we said, 
look, if every Colorado were given a ballot vote that said, hey, and this could even go as far as to DoorDashers who are, or, or people who never have used, worked for, or anything with the gig apps, don't care about them at all. Even they would see this if it was worded correctly. Hey, do you think that drivers should see full transparency? Do you think that um, customers should see full transparency on the receipt? And do you think that if you're if they're wrongfully deactivated, they had the right to appeal? Without seeing any dollar amount attached to it, every voter would vote yes on that. Nobody's going to say, no, I don't want them to have rights. I mean, that doesn't even, that's not even independent contractorship. That's just, would you, would you think they have the right to see this? Yes, they do. And so literally two Democrats stepped up and said, well, no, we're just going to kill this right now. And by doing it before it hit the House floor, the big deal here is, is that now it won't get the national attention that it, even if it had hit the floor and lost it would have made national attention and other states would have made more of a noise about it. But the fact that two Democrats had to speak out and come out and say that they, they are, they're not supporting it anymore and use the word anymore because they had been in support of it. Those kind of things look awful. I'm not picking on the Democrats. I'm just saying this is a, I think it's a perfect time to point out to people. Don't think that one party's clean and the other's not. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. But I am at a point in my life where I almost wish I didn't see the party affiliation. Literally. I wish I just was sent to their website and or even websites that side by side compared the the people running for that seat or that spot. Because honestly, let's go on record, you know, and have those records fact checked. Do you believe in this? And just have them be line items almost. You know, and, and then if you want to learn more, you can learn more. But that's what it should be. It shouldn't be you're Republican, you're Democrat, you're far left, you're in the middle. That doesn't matter. What matters is, are you going to follow through with your word? Do you have a track record of following through with your word? And does your word mean anything to all of us, the people? So to, to kind of sum this up, I am going to be very hard pushing, and I'm going to be using the driver's rights movement because we have 60,000 plus signatures there. I'm going to be using that to actually facilitate a meeting, hopefully with one of these two, if not both. Even Stephanie Vigil, who wrote the legislation, is like thinking that I actually might have a chance at grabbing a conversation with one of these people because I'm not saying even, hey, I, I have a bunch, I have a podcast and a bunch of people who, who are really into wanting this transparency. I can say that, but I also can add in there, and we have 60,000 nationwide signatures of which, I don't think it's 148th, but of which a decent amount are from Colorado. Wow. I mean, so like there's at least two, 3,000, and that's more than need be to go to, uh, to go to an elected official for them to need to give you a meeting. Well, you're going to have to keep us updated because it would be really interesting if you get a meeting with them. I mean, Stephanie must be so disappointed because I know she was working hard and this was like part of like, right. This is part of like her, like getting in and was working really hard to get something like this passed for your state. Right. Yeah. And so I'm actually, what were you going to say? Yeah. Other than the politicians being slimy, what I want to know is how much money DoorDash and Uber spent lobbying against this. I think that's the, well, real, the, the real point there, too, 
Well, so here, let me, I'm going to read you guys the email that I, this is from today, my email to Stephanie. It's, they're very short. Um, and Stephanie's email replied back to me because it was, you got to listen to it, but it's kind of heavy handed. Mine was short. I said, hi, Stephanie, because I just heard about it yesterday. I said, sorry to hear about the bill. Do you have, do you have email addresses on the two Democrat holdouts? I would love to ask them why they were on board and are not anymore. Um, hope you are doing great. Have a wonderful week. I didn't expect to hear back from her so quick, but I heard back from her within an hour. Hi, Steve. Um, thank you. I appreciate hearing from you about this. Yes, very disappointing. We couldn't get there, but we'll try. Um, but we'll try in the next session an, an even stronger bill. Kyle, uh, uh, Kyle Mullica, and Kevin uh, Priola were the two who voted no. So the Democrats who said they were going to vote yes but then voted no on the bill when it came to it and didn't even let it get to the floor. And I can find their contact info here. And then she finishes the, the email with, I'll be very curious to hear what, if anything, they have to say. The things Senator uh, uh, Mullicus, uh has said to us most definitely been uh, company talking points, which isn't shocking considering the amount of leverage big tech lobbyists have around here, even on them. Um, that's something we really need to get ahead of before the next year. Okay. Now, Stephanie is a freshman. She's new to this, but she just in there said these, these two are in bed with big tech. So again, and like, I don't like putting everybody in a group, but if you're going to do that and you're going to say Democrats, that's not a Democrat move to be in bed with big tech. And <clears throat> in my opinion, they screwed up. I mean, that's, that's almost like tip baiting. It's like, yeah, it's like, Hey, this is who I am. Elect me. Okay. I'm not really that way. No, I'm this way. I mean, I, I it, this is why I think it's, it is, it's a bigger deal than we're all making of it. And, and before we move on, I'm just going to hit on this one other story real quick, because I just had this come up and I thought it was very strange. Um, so it's called ensuring your independent contractors don't deliver um, Wisconsin unemployment insurance tax liability. It doesn't sound like a fun article, but there's actually some good information in here. And it actually started just now. So um, a little background, Wisconsin statute uses a nine factor test to determine if workers are employees or, um, or independent contractors regarding unemployment insurance tax liability. Every state's a little different. Um, the company bears the burden to establish at least six of the nine factors are met for individuals to be exempt for the company to therefore avoid paying unemployment insurance tax on its independent contractors. In the recent, and this is very important, in the recent Amazon Logistics Inc. versus Labor and Industry Review Commission, um, case, the Wisconsin Court of Appeals analyzed these nine factors in detail. The company Amazon Logistics challenged the Department of Workforce Development and Labor and Industry Reviews Commission's determination that independent delivery drivers qualify as employees. Amazon Logistics coordinates, uh, coordinates uh, product delivery via numerous pathways, including a smartphone application, Amazon Flex, used by individual drivers. The individual drivers download the app and apply to perform um, delivery services for the company. As part of the application, drivers sign off on the company's independent contractor terms of service. 
Individual accept, individuals accepted to Amazon Flex program may then select blocks of time to make deliveries. During such uh, delivery blocks, the drivers pick up packages from the warehouse, scan the packages into the app before loading them into their own vehicle, and then proceed to deliver the packages, indicating completion via the app. The app also provides a suggested delivery route. Individuals are paid when the delivery block is completed. Amazon Logistics contended that these delivery drivers were not employees and did not trigger unemployment insurance taxation. However, the court concluded that the company could only meet five of the nine factors required to exempt the individuals, which meant they are considered employees for unemployment insurance taxation purposes. And that is starting today. So if you're, if you are an Amazon flex driver in the state of Wisconsin, um, you are now entitled to employee benefits. Hmm. Another state doing so weird stuff. What's, what's the trade-off though? What do you mean? That's like, what, what's, what's the trade-off? Like they're going to force hours on you. Like you're going to, not be able to decline batches like what what is the trade-off there's i think well i think the point the i think it's like lead it's the it's the point leading up to the fact of well when are you going to ask us to pay into unemployment insurance tax and i think that's coming yeah. next i think that's that's fair that's so why they go after more so so you think it's more like a tiptoe into the realm of w2 yeah okay okay i, I mean it. it's I the you. same thing dc did i think wasn't it john will remember too wasn't it shipped in amazon and maybe one other that was like a uh, it was. I know it was shipped in Amazon. I know those two for sure in DC that they had um, the big the attorney general trying yeah. to say they were employees. I didn't. But know it was that funny was, that yeah. they went after the ones that made money. Well, yeah, the company that yeah, exactly. Amazon's a profitable company. Target's a profitable company. Yeah. Then we're going after Instacart. Nah. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. They're not going after those. They don't care. They say that they're gonna, but the they target like the smarter states are targeting these because I'm not in I'm not agreeing with this stuff, but I'm saying that you, why wouldn't you? These are the companies with money, and again, I'm gonna go back to everything has to be money in politics. Nobody's gonna oh, be definitely. nobody's gonna care if you're not if if there's no money going to somewhere, nobody's gonna want to waste their time in politics, and I don't mean that mean like the Colorado gig, this gig. Uh, Senate bill was great as long as there were no trap doors. The problem, like it was great for the drivers, for the customers, and for people who just believe in the freedom that this country grants. So no matter what, 99% of the state would have said, yes, let's do that. But there was no money to be had for any of the politicians. So therefore, I think that was part of like, not only that, I mean, obviously DoorDash was making human calls, not robo calls. They called me, you know, can we count on this? They sent emails. They sent and they and the way that we've talked about it on here, the way they craftily worded some of those emails almost I don't know if it was threatening, but it definitely it wasn't truth. Like they were they were stretching the truth in a big way. It was scare tactics. They were telling drivers it was gonna lead to less earnings. Yes. Yeah, and less availability to work. They but they were doing it cle- the the wording was very clever. They, well, they were not straight up threatening. They were okay. just begin rant they didn't tell drivers what the bill even was or what it did and then they told them that it was going to lead to less orders from restaurants they they talked up scary new taxes and then they were like yeah uh, you're going to make less money because there's going to be less orders so at, at no point did they mention that this is about transparency 
know? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of uh I want to hear how John and Kim feel about all this too before we move on. Like well, I don't know, this Minnesota thing. Do you just think that they're just doing this just so you can't get unemployment? You already can't get unemployment anyway. <laughs> so like what was the I mean, now you now you can, but to get but unemployment, you have to be a W two. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Couldn't you get unemployment during pandemic times if you were an independent contractor? I know you could yeah, in Arizona. But, yeah. yeah, no, you could. The PUA extended throughout the country, but right. that's because so, that, I mean, in my lifetime anyway, anybody can correct me if, if they know of another time, but I've never been told to be locked in my house before. No. There were some circumstances there that the CARES Act had to take into account, one of which being there's a third, at that time, a third of the workforce was freelance, traditional IC, gig workers. And gig workers were only the small percentage of the 59 million at that point. And 59 million is a third of our workforce. So, yeah, we're not supposed to get it, but you are also not supposed to tell us that we have to stay at home for two years. Right. And wear masks and not do anything and social distance and not touch things. And I guess my I mean, point is that the funding has to come from somewhere. And if it's coming from these company, like all these companies, and I've said this before, DoorDash, Instacart, um, Grubhub, like all these companies are not going to be able to afford, like these companies aren't going to exist if every, if they have millions of drivers and now have to provide some, even if it's unemployment benefit, any kind of benefit, they're not going to be able to afford to stay in business if they have to come out of pocket for all the, all of this benefits that's coming out of their pocket, not obviously the driver's pocket. So I, I don't understand. I mean, I understand I guess DoorDash, like they don't want the transparency part. They might fight that, but I—I I mean, maybe I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like, why aren't why aren't these companies fighting harder to say, "Hey, <laughs> hello, <laughs> this is this like this shouldn't be happening." Well, they they are fighting pretty hard. I mean, this are was they? a court okay. case that they went back in there to the Amazon Logistics versus Labor and Industry Review Commission. That was already a ruling, and they they challenged it, and okay. then they got shot down again. They're going at this obviously pretty hard because I'll say this: I'll add to what you said is that they couldn't afford to handle yeah. employee taxes from their end. But what are they going to pass the? And that's only half of them. Are they going to pass the W two taxes on to the driver? Because then they're going to have no drivers, and they and like you said, this is not a joke, you guys. The gig yeah. economy was not meant. It was never intended to, and I, I have, I've talked to people all over this thing on all sides, but it's, it was never meant to be anything but independent contractorship. And if it needed to be, it basically from day one, even when just Uber was around, it was like, we won't be around if it's not. That was the deal. It was like, we're going to do this. And here's my issue with all this, is that why in the heck did we wait 2009 to 23. Why do we wait 14 years to decide we need to start having some rules and regulations about the gig economy? Yeah, I guess. Or 13 years. I mean, it's it's been, I mean, you could probably say 11 or 12 too, but it's really been winding up the last year or two. And well, why the did last it, year why or two, it, the big thing is more so that once the pandemic happened, it put the gig economy on the forefront of things. And I don't think really the average person, the average politician was even interested in the gig economy until 
the pandemic came. And then kind of from that, there were people who didn't go back to traditional work. So then they're looking at the impact of W-2 jobs of these corporations. So I think part of it is these politicians, part of it is these gig companies. Uh, but I also think in the background, there's also a little bit of these, these bigger corporations that are trying to push people out of the gig economy and back into these traditional W-2 jobs, which is better for their bottom lines. Because right now, uh, they're having a hard time hiring because people have that independence. And if you look at future generations, uh, the younger Generation Z, a lot of them are going you know, out of high school into the gig economy jobs or uh, into other independent professions that are in that traditional W-2 world. So I think that's even more to the, the puzzle than uh, it appears at first glance. Yeah, I mean, to I mean to be honest, look for Amazon to be this this skittish about this. This is a big deal. I mean, when we talk, and I know it's a big deal if Uber were to leave the a state too, but for Amazon to leave a state would be unbelievable. I don't know what the logistics would look like because obviously they would still deliver. But I mean, maybe maybe Wisconsin would no longer be accessible to Prime. Maybe your deliveries would come old school format. Hey, it's going to be four to seven business days. You, you see all this exclusion be Alaska, Hawaii, and Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, it, it would, and then more states if they started, look, other states are watching every one of these moves that other states are doing. That's why we Lower really needed 47. Colorado to get looked at. But this, I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, they passed, they have nine up there for the, for the, um, for the test of independent contractorship and Amazon passed five. I would imagine Amazon did a better job than Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, any of those will do. So it's also setting a precedent if they want to throw a tarp over them too. I said, and this is completely like non-gig related. I'm even thinking about like even my own state's economy and even like by where I live because Netflix just bought a whole huge lot but like literally a mile away from where i currently live and everything is independent contract work with actors actresses you know all the stage people and that's like a good chunk of um some economy coming to new jersey and it would completely affect um the way that it's operated just based off of a lot of these corporations even coming into other states not just netflix but you know, Amazon's always building. It affects the economy. If Amazon is going to pull out, that's going to affect the state economy. Oh, yeah. Well, I think also one thing that's interesting is I think the, the other delivery companies, the UPS, FedEx, DHL, they're going to have a big, you know, lot thrown on their backs because Amazon does so much every day. So it's, I mean, there's a definitely a domino effect there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. One hundred percent. I know. I know. Sergio was fought. Sergio, you said you just got home. I'm guessing you're just jumping on. Um, and I just talked about. Literally, we spent the opening here talking about what happened here in Colorado. Um, just yesterday, which kind of we had seen the articles about before, and I know you've been tweeting about it too. And I know I texted with Sergio today about it. So I wanted to see what he said. I just got home. My two cents. Unit economics are still horrible at DD. Um, but they squeeze 60 million more orders this year. Well, you know, it wasn't just ED in, in Colorado either, Sergio. They were just the ones putting up the biggest fight. Because, I mean, let's be honest, you know, if, for those that don't know, and I think enough of us have talked about this on enough different things, but DoorDash has the market share of the gig economy, period. Food, 
rideshare, other things. Like it doesn't matter. They have the they have the biggest share of anybody. So part of DoorDash's thing has not just been oversaturation, but taking over everything and just trying to stay around to undercut everybody else and see who else like like Uber's doing with Lyft. You know, will Lyft make it out of this calendar year? I don't know. Can you put it up the last comment from Gigan Zeta? Yeah. Starting this week with Flack, seeing pay rates plummet, not across the board, but I'm seeing offers that were 22 to 24, now 15, 15, 18 dollars. Yep. The other thing too, Gigan, because um, is that you're in Minnesota, you're going to see some hard hits too. Like that won't be the end of it. And I'm not trying to be mean or dark and doom and gloom or anything, but you're you're going to see some other things too because you have a they have a tax that is coming into Minnesota and North Carolina that the rideshare drivers were supposed to be hit with, but now they're hitting the delivery drivers with it too. They want you to pay a road, they want you to pay road road tax like the TLC does, like Taxi and Limousine does. They want you to pay to fix the roads in your state, and that will come out of the driver's end, not the company. So the drivers will have a fee to pay for road upkeep. So that's going to be another thing that you guys aren't going to like either. So now let's talk about that. You're going 22, 24, now to 15, 50, to up to 18, but you're also going to pay, let's say, let's keep it easy. Let's say a dollar out of every one of those you're going to pay one dollar to the roads in your state and to me this just is where it all snow starts snowballing this is where we start seeing problems that's why i said look none of us want regulation but clearly some is needed is it the federal level or the state level not really sure i'm kind of more for the state level because um i think the federal level's either going way too far overboard or they're just going to let all these gig companies off completely and set a bad precedent I think it has to be, if anything, at the state level. The the federal level, every state is different. I'll put it that way. What's yes. needed in California isn't needed in Ohio and vice versa. What's needed in Ohio ain't going to last in New York. So Right. And, and we have 26 right-to-work states. And in those states, you're allowed to choose whether you want to be in a union or not. So in those states, I'm all for it because have your union. I would just opt out. <laughs> I mean... You want to be in a union? That's fine. I can work alongside you. I'll take more money because here's the thing. Here's the difference in a right to work state in case you're in case people aren't aware. What does it actually mean if I opt out of the union? What it means is if they go on strike, you don't strike. You'd probably be called a scab and you can either stay there and keep working for the pay that you were hired in at, or you can just quit and leave. But you're not, A, you're not paying union dues and B, you're not you're not having to do what the union says. You can make your own decisions. You're, you know, you can say, I'll just quit. Like if they say, we're going to drop all your pay in half and everybody goes strike, you would probably say quit. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. I would, I would rather quit a company than try and hold them over the coals for things they don't want to do. Because if it comes to that, they're just going to take it out on you in other ways. Let's be honest. They're not, they're not going to go, you know what? Let's just give up and give these guys everything they want. That's not how corporations work. And so I'm all for the right to work states, but then look at Michigan. Michigan abolished the right to work just in time to adopt the federal policies. I mean, you know, this, and that's not often done. That's, you know, will other states do this? I don't know. 
Um, but it's all such a mess right now that any little pieces like this are, are bigger than we think because Amazon is huge. I think like with DC, like John and I were talking about with the shipped and Amazon, that was a that was a precedent that they really wanted to set. Like we're going to go after the two companies that make money and then all the rest of you guys better follow suit. They didn't bother with the others because they're like, you don't even have any money. I mean, yeah, if there's going to be somebody that, you know, that's going to have something to lose, that's going to be scared, it's going to be Target because Target, even though they have shipped, they have a lot more to lose everything outside of ship. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it totally makes sense to me, too. I'm not I'm not saying. Um, let me see. Sergio's told me I'm wrong. That's <laughs> not true. Steve Uber is the oh, OK. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll give you that. Sergio, I mean, like money wise and what they do with governments and other things. Okay. Maybe in a, in a very wide picture, but I'm just talking about amount of dashers like Uber eats and Uber drivers as compared to dashers. There's 3 million dashers in this country or more, you know, it's, um, but I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, like, yes, your, your, your statement might be true on the fact of like, if you were to break down the company, first of all, I question if you break down the companies, what's their value at all anyway, really? I mean, they don't even own a building or I mean, I know they do, but they don't own buildings. They don't have like assets. They, it's like, what, what are you? Um, the, everything in this computer is what I'm worth. You know, I think a lot of people have gotten wise to that. Um, but so I can see what Sergio's saying and he's probably right. If you look at the big scheme of thing, if everybody had to cash out tomorrow kind of thing or whatever, yeah, Uber probably comes out ahead because they're global. And I know DoorDash is elsewhere too. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, there's there's more competition for food delivery in other countries than there is here. B big time. Like the, yeah. over in the UK, there's like five or six big ones. And so, um, yeah, I can agree with the Sergio comment, especially globally. Um, but I've ordered Uber Eats in Mexico. So they are definitely global. Same app and everything. Really? Yeah. Yep. And then this is this is what Sergio and I were texting about today was that he's pissed that the two sellouts, he's talking about the two Democrats that voted against the bill that they were supposed to be on board with. Um, you know, that if we and that's what I was just saying, that if we can't get this bill passed, what are we gonna accomplish? And and again, it didn't even come on the on the house floor where it was voted and Okay, that makes sense. I see how it was voted on. It was two Democrats that threw this in the trash. So, and I'm not saying Democrats the way to vote or Republican is the way to vote. Again, it's not what I'm saying. I'm an independent voter. I vote on the candidate, but I'm saying that if this, I'm, I'm right there with Sergio. If this can't pass, it worries me what can. Um, but yeah, um, that's I, that's that's where we're at with this one. I, I don't think I have anything more to say on states today. There is more stuff going on, but I don't want to just literally sit here and be depressing. I'll save some for tomorrow. <laughs> you still got some in the tank, huh? <laughs> so um, Steve brings his violin on. <laughs> um, but I had pulled up an article, and I know Kim pulled up a different one, but they hit on the same topic. I'm going to let Kim run with this because it's still not – a pleasant story, but it's something that we need to talk about. It's not. Um, this article is basically saying um, drivers are more scared 
aware, all that fun stuff that you want to put in there since everything that has happened in Florida last week. So if you didn't watch us last week and you don't know what we're talking about, there was an Instacart couple who got shot at for delivering at the wrong address. There was the Uber Eats driver who horrifically was killed and dismembered last week. And then you also had the girl who was kidnapped and assaulted the DoorDash. It was DoorDash um, girl who was uh, kidnapped and assaulted last week. And some drivers, a lot of drivers, are just being more cautious because I guess everybody's consensus is like the really scary thing is, is like it literally could have happened to any of these texts could have really have happened to anybody. And one of the girls in Steve, the article that you had was an Instacart shopper. And she's like, I, I, I'm even just by reading this, like I'm even more cautious to make sure that the address is the exact address that is stated on here. Like, I don't want to go to a wrong address and have the same thing happen to me. And just people are just being a lot more cautious and critical during the times just because of what happened. And unfortunately, it's horrible to say, I feel like it takes tragedy. So like, open eyes to really understand some of the risks that we put ourselves in every single day. But what I found interesting in this article, the one that Steve, you have is they actually had statistics and it said 60% um, US had earned money from online gig apps last year. 35% of them felt unsafe and 19% experienced unwanted sexual advances. And then last between 2017 and 2022, there were 80 app-based assaults and homicides just in rideshare and also food delivery. 20 of them were just you know, um, food delivery um, incidences. So, and then the article that I had separately, which I thought was interesting is rideshare and food delivery is in the top 10 um, most, is it most harmful jobs in the United States or dangerous jobs in the United States. So as of right now, just based off of, you know, accidents and us driving so much and also assaults as well. So everybody totally just, stay, yeah, everybody just stay safe out there. You know, do your due diligence, have safety in place for yourself. Um, but this should, hopefully this is, a, um, unfortunately, everything that happened last week was absolutely tragic, but I would like to see something positive come out of it that it hopefully it opens eyes to a lot of drivers that we're not just there delivering food there is a level of risk in what we do and you're just talking about a small section of florida and i think you did you say the instacart shoppers too yeah the instacart shoppers are from florida too right i'm just saying that little section of florida had three yeah. incidents in eight days or seven days or whatever it was yeah it was literally and they were big days incidents yeah yeah um so i guess my question that i was kind of think, thinking through last week I think we might have even talked about it a little was is it just is it just everybody because i i think everybody's getting crazy uptight in the world in general yeah. you don't have to be a gig worker i mean like you know in the in grocery stores it's i would almost I, I hate to say this but i almost some on some days not every day but i almost feel like 
especially people working at the grocery stores and stuff. They made it through the pandemic like champs. Now they, now I know some of them, they're still there. They look drained and like, they just don't care anymore. They've lost all the care. And is it just that everybody just doesn't care about anything anymore or anybody? I mean, have we lost, have we lost humanity or is it, is it that the gig apps are an easier target? Cause we know during the pandemic that, that, Chicago, okay, South Chicago, more delivery drivers were being targeted than rideshare drivers because delivery drivers were being called out. And yes, the rideshare drivers were being killed more often, but the delivery drivers were getting carjackings like every other time they went down there. I mean, so it's like every car was getting jacked. So it's almost like all these were just, they weren't even about the food. They were just about carjackings. What kind of car do you drive? If you don't like, if I, if I don't like it, I'll cancel and get another order. I think it's two parts, at least in my opinion. I think people are coming unhinged. I think um, desperation sometimes has a lot to do, and I'm not excusing anybody's behavior, but I think people become desperate and people do desperate things during desperate times. Um, but at the same time, I, it, just, it just baffles my brain. I I don't understand how someone could be that, disgusting and gross and be in that mindset it's a very sick individual um but at the same time it's scary they have the pick of any one of us going to their house if they really wanted to do something horrible i'm i'm just gonna order doordash uber eats grubhub and have my own personal person come to my house like it's 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 that scary sometimes as drivers so rideshare food, we're extremely exposed. I think we're extremely vulnerable out there on a daily basis. Uh, like you said, not to mention just car crashes and car accidents and things that happen, you know, in the national course of business, for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. Zach, what do you think? And to Kim's point, yeah, no, to Kim's point, I think that people, well, actually yours and Kim's point, people are coming unhinged for sure, right? And, and I think that that's kind of a multifaceted problem. Like, for example, right, like I go grocery shopping for me and my son. Well, two years ago, three years ago, it was 400 bucks a month for all of the food we needed for the month. Now, you know, it's six, $700 a month. Uh, two, three days ago, I got a notice on my door for my apartment complex, and my rent is going up 200 bucks a month this time. Last time, it went up 150 and the time before that, 100 Are W-2 wages going up like that? They're not. So, I mean, people are stressed out, man. Inflation is through the roof. They're not getting raises. And, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're desperate. It, you know, it's a sketchy time to be in the middle class. I would say just to add kind of to what Zach said and kind of what everybody's saying is that I say just as a society in general, we're also, I think, more adversarial, less cooperative than we've ever been in history. I think yeah. everybody is very versus versus... Um, I think before, once upon a time, it was, I may disagree with you, but that doesn't stop us from being friends or even it doesn't necessarily mean we're enemies just because we disagree. Nowadays, if we disagree, it's almost we are enemies. We're, it's to a whole other level. Yeah. yeah. There's more divisiveness now than I think we've probably seen in any of our lifetimes, for sure. I yeah. I. I always think, though, and I said this even when we were like, as a country, we were all in lockdown. This is going to affect us somehow. We don't know how it is going to affect us right now, 
but keep keeping people locked in for it was more than two weeks it was months um it does a lot of mental stuff to a lot of people and you know are we seeing the effects of it now i have no idea but i do know that it affect it affected all of us somehow whether it was mentally financially um and we're still seeing it literally to this day even though we're what it was 2020 throw three years later we're still seeing the effects of it yeah i i don't i don't think we're done seeing the effects of it i don't think that we're even in the high tide of it yet i I think i think no and i don't i i I don't know i don't know what we're doing to make things better either i don't see human interaction that's a big question yeah was that i think the the path forward or the path back to things i guess where we're less uh, crazy for lack of better terms yeah i mean we see it every day we see it on youtube i mean people who are friends hating each other but i fighting. think like, like I don't we, know about no, you. nothing nothing can be discussed it's like we're politicians yeah you know I don't like know about I, you sorry i was no. gonna say i feel like i like it even affected me i think i like i think we'd be lying to ourselves if it didn't affect us some way i mean i was in retail like i was going to work and i was having fun and i was interacting with people and i thought that it was the greatest thing ever i went into lockdown and i'm like I don't want to go back. Why do I want to go back? Like it, like right. it, 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 it messes with your, your head in some way, form of fashion. It's just how you process it. Like I became productive and I decided to go down a different path, but some people don't have that option and didn't have that outlet. So I think it all literally affected us somehow. I think people might even still be processing it to this day. Yeah. I see that. Um, I see Tony said this, you know, I, I heard Zach talking about getting up to six, 700. I know Zach's son is younger than mine. He's a full-time dad like me. He has his kids seven days a week. So do I, but my son is now an eating machine. I, I can't, oh, teenage I can't boy. dude, junior in high school. I can't even keep up, man. I'm making, I go get like $19 a chicken, fire up the barbecue, make it, chop it up and say put it in burritos put it you know and it'll be gone in just days or a day it's like, like a gar- it's like a garbage disposal i'm just wasting <laughs> money right down this hole it's just going right down a hole <laughs> i am really lucky that my daughter is like six and we can still like still share like a cheeseburger meal at mcdonald's together <laughs> yes yeah, those those so, like, are the fun, those are the fun years so i know i'm still at that good age <laughs> But, t- but also, you know, like you said, you have a daughter too. And, and that's a, one of the, I mean, there's perks and disadvantages to having a boy or a girl. One of the, <laughs> I think the big things about boys is when they get to this age, they just, you can't fill them up ever, ever. Especially if you any type of athletic activity and metabolism and yeah. yeah. Is he still um, lifeguarding? Yeah. 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 Swimming, sure that swimming, that burns a lot of calories. Yeah, be in the pool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he comes home that. so hungry. I mean, like I'll make steaks, like I'll make steaks. Okay. And I'll make, like, if I get a three pack of nice steaks, right. And they're on, cause we always get them when they're on sale. I'll, I, bar- I barbecue here a lot. So I'll make the three steaks. He eats two. I eat one. He usually finishes the two and I save about a third of mine. Cause I'm like, he's not going to be full. And he usually, I'm, I have to say, I'm like, Max, you still hungry. And he's like, no. And I'm like, you wouldn't eat this. He's like, I would, but I don't want to take it from you. <laughs> so I give it to him, man. He needs it more than me, you know. Like, 
but it's it's crazy. I mean, like, so when Tony's talking about that kind of bill, he has a that's like my almost my bill's three hundred a week now, and Tony has like seventeen kids. <laughs> <laughs> With an eighteenth on the way, <laughs> you know. So I mean, like, that's you know, I know a lot of Tony's kids are younger too. So I mean, like, that's a different budget. But when you get up there, you know, especially with the boys, it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, you guys, I, I don't know if, if how you guys feel, but I'd like to know what you guys think. Are you, do you think that like we we're getting along well as people? No, I don't. I think we're still, I no. think we're still in the mindset of we're, we're, we're isolated. Like, I don't think we've ever, gone back like i don't know whether we ever will go back to the days that we're so interactively to each other and we have that human like we're i think we're missing that human connection i mean i guess we're all lucky because we have our own families and stuff like that but when you're in the gig at work and you're doing what you're doing do you really inter- i mean besides restaurant employees and maybe saying hi to a customer when was the last time like you actually had a full-fledged converse like a conversation besides us <laughs> you right. know saying like there's people yeah. out there that just don't even have conversations anymore yeah sure I, I mean that's the one thing about the w2 world the old water water cooler chat and the water cooler yeah. moments um just or even just the after work happy hour on a friday night you know that was um, just that opportunity to interact and meet people cross paths with people from different places even people transferred in and out of an office going to a a different location for lack of better terms like you oh this guy came from ohio or this guy from chicago um yeah just not happening as much and the other and and not to put the fear of god into everybody hopefully we have already so it's not not to put the fear of god into everybody but to be honest it's pretty scary to read all these articles also that say that we're going to be in a recession here shortly because what are we in now yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think that every if you look at history, every time there's a recession, people prolong it for a long time. They don't admit that we're in it till we're pretty deep. But I'm thinking we're pretty deep. <laughs> like, what, what are you guys going to say? We're in it. Like, they're saying by the end of summer, expect a major recession. Well, what is this? This isn't a day at the beach for me, man. Well, I think yeah, I think they're they're calling it nowadays. They're saying it's just a uh, it's, it's, they're not calling it a recession. They're just saying things aren't going growing anymore. It's like what isn't that the definition of a recession? Well, no, that's the old definition. I I hope so, Derek. And I and I I would actually I I'm with you on that. I think that at some I choose to believe we'll heal at some point too. I just wonder when that point is. Yeah. And how much more damage will we do during that point? Because people are taking advantage of it. And I'm not going to get into all the woke stuff and stuff, because I know some people believe in that fully. Some people believe in it partially. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, Clearly, you know, if you're not from that generation, it's probably not for you. It's hard to, to do that. So I'm trying to view it from like the perspective of my son. And would he be into that? But even him and his friends don't seem to be. They understand it and they're not into it. Like, I don't know. I, I really don't see people that I don't know where all this is coming from. I don't know why we are making everything seem so easy when really it's going to be extremely difficult for this generation of kids to get out there and do stuff. 
Yeah, I will say, and I'm going to get cheesy yeah. for a half a second. We all like cheesy every once in a while. I think having shows like this one and having a YouTube outlet is like our version of our coworkers. is our version of having a lunchroom and talking about what we do on a daily basis. Like, I truly think that you guys are like my, like you guys are my family. So having us have like this interaction, like I think this is like our human connection and our human interaction. And even people in the chat, they get to come and talk with other gig workers. I think you know, as much as there's negativity behind social media, I think things like this are actually positive because it does give people that human connection and interaction. Okay, that's my cheesiness right now. No, I, I agree with you a full wholeheartedly, Kim, because you think about gig work, and I think you guys have kind of all said this, Zach's face is distracting. But the uh, outside of these type of interactions, if you don't have a community that you've built or a community that you're a part of, gig work in general like you said you're only talking to maybe a customer that's a repeat customer occasionally even if they say hand it to me um and people at the store i mean one of the things that to me brightens my day every day or at least well the days that i spark is that there's this one lady that's at the uh the checks the receipts every day i walk in she's like, hey good morning hey how's it going Are you guys busy today you know it's just those little things even though she's not a co-worker um like you said it feels like it's kind of a community that's built yeah, and those you things know stand bad out. Maybe that's one of the nice parts. It stands out now. and It never used to stand out. You expected it from people. Now you're like, what the hell? You just say hi to me? <laughs> do I know you? I don't know you, do I? You know what's I don't know her name, to be honest. Yeah, I just know that right. I talk to her every time I see her, though. <laughs> you know what's bad when you've got to hand it to me order when a person comes out and they're like super kind and you know have, have a basic conversation with you and you're like, Why? Like you're, you're automatically cynical about the interaction. Like what, like what is your end goal here? What, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? See, that's the wrong response. Hey, what do you want? No, but like, but right, 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 like that's thing. how Go far away. we've slid as a society. No, no, like sometimes like, when somebody no, says you know, thank you, you like and back in the day, man, like, like, are you me? Yeah, right, you're going to claim you didn't get the order, man. I remember. <laughs> Dude, I remember being a teenager, right, and and having friends like a military family, uh, friends come and go all the time, right, and we were forced to make new friends all the time. If you didn't, you just wouldn't have any friends, and we did well, right. But now we're in a time where you can send a text, and somebody on like in Australia can read that message point three seconds after you sent it, right, like. It's a different time. It's a different time. It, we have been completely desensitized uh, from talking to people to, to have actual too. conversations. Yeah. I think we've been desensitized too as yeah. a whole. Yeah. Um, and it, that goes to Gagan's comment here. I kind of, I kind of, this rung true with me, so I held it up on the screen there for a minute. I think everyone carries huge introvert tendencies now, and it's about worrying about self first and being ignorant. And, and being ignorant of the rest. I don't know exactly that's how I'd word it, but I get this sentiment and I actually pretty much agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that, that a lot of a lot of people are just looking out for themselves. And I get it when you're that struggling, but you still have to have a care about other people. You still have to have, I mean, maybe you can't financially help somebody, but you still have to like care about the world. Right. 
I mean, uh, this is always free. Yeah, like I mean, I, the <laughs> look, I, I, I don't I don't know about you guys, but I don't know another way that this works, this country. Like if we're just going to yeah. all hate each other and we're going to and we're going to start having some crazy standards and we're going to have peep every politicians in the pocket of some big tech company. So even so there is no right side or no no good or bad side of politics anymore. They're just all levels of corruption. And if that's happening and everything that the pandemic did and like the aftermath that we're seeing now, I mean, I, I, I literally feel like in everyday life, people are just not nice anymore. I no. mean, and not that they're being mean to me, they're just not happy. They're not nice. They're just, they're just, well, I you know. kind of feel like the, the common courtesy is uh, that's why I was raised, you know, just say nice, say hi to people, you know, People, yeah. my dad's one of those people that makes a friend everywhere he goes. You go to the grocery store with him, you're gonna be there for an hour. He's gonna have a 15 minute conversation with anybody he talks to. And growing up like that, I'm able to essentially find a way to relate or find the commonalities. And I think that's another thing people are getting away from is just being able to talk to those commonalities. But to the the comment that Gigan put there, not only do I think there's people with introvert tendencies. I think the way that the world is now, um, you know, people remote working, not only to mention gig work, remote work, and uh, just independent contracting and all these different things, is that it more so empowers people who previously already had, uh, I guess, were introverts or had introvert tendencies. Uh, they don't have to go out of that shell anymore. And I think before you did have to go out of that shell, you did have to meet people to survive, to get a job, to go forward in your job. And um, without having to practice that set of skills and use them anymore, uh, even though you would think the world is even more connected than it's ever been, because like you said, we can send a text to across the world in half a second. Uh, that's just, we're not using it that way. We're using it to actually, we're texting so we don't have to go places now. Yeah. I, I said, I feel like people lost the skill. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. People have lost that all together. Now, if I don't have anything nice to say, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Um, Nowadays, it's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, take it to TikTok. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, why, and, you know, at the same time that we're talking about everybody being this way, you know, you can get in trouble for saying everything and then some. You got to watch what you say and it might not... You know, it's it's like like John was saying, it's like ev it's like everybody. It's not race relations anymore or this or it's just everybody hates everybody. So maybe yeah. that's one you bonus. It seems like we're past all that somebody. stuff. We just all hate each other now. So that's cool. <laughs> I don't even know what to where to go yeah. with that, you know, but I wish we were I wish I could see that we're on a path to fix that. And I don't. That's the other problem of this. I don't see that we're heading in the right direction to fix fix this. Um, but I do want to read this real quick from DoorDash. Um, this is an article from The Street. Um, it's So it's talking about DoorDash being invaluable during the COVID pandemic, um, where the services helped keep some restaurants in business, drivers received paychecks, and customers got convenient food delivery. The service was good and made the best out of a bad situation for all involved. Delivery convenience is something that many people are comfortable paying extra for. However, while DoorDash has experienced great growth, 
and has also endured scrutiny as the company wasn't transparent in how tipping was being processed for drivers. Customers thought that if they left a tip, the entire amount would go to the drivers, but this is not this was not the case. The tip only went to the driver if the order amount met a medium to cover the cost of the transaction. DoorDash was skimming the tips to cover its own costs. DoorDash has since started uh, has has since stated that it changed its tipping policy. Um, DoorDash holds a majority of the food delivery service market and is experiencing more pain points. The pain points coming from both sides now, customers and restaurant partners. Customers are complaining about increased prices um, and cost using the delivery service, while the restaurant uh, partners are the cause are the cause of the increased cost of, in the transactions. How do you guys feel about that? It's an interesting thought. I mean, it's pretty sad because they're putting in plain English what some of us already knew. I mean, it's been twice that they got caught stealing our tips. But they're kind of reminding us in a very yeah. simple way. It's pretty blatantly put. Like here's and in fact, here in one paragraph, they explain how your tips were being stolen. So it's here's what they were doing. They were if you didn't meet the medium, then you didn't get all your tips. So this is an unpopular opinion, but let me ask you, let me make it a question, actually. Everything you guys remember, this, this is the old DoorDash pay model. Technically, they're still in tips, yes. But the they had the higher pay guarantee, so the bottom end was higher. Nowadays, 2 $3 is the bottom end. What was a better pay model? Which... <laughs> Wait, what are my choices on the better pay? Did New they York ever City. have a good one? Which one? <laughs> Those are your choices. Get your tip stolen or $2 base pay. I don't but, like either. Well, one, comes, well, one comes with a minimum $5 pay. The other one comes with who knows. I guess there's more upside if you see all your tips potentially. But you're still going to be hidden regardless. So now you just don't know how much tips you are. Hidden tips versus stolen tips. I, I, don't know. I get what you're saying, but like, I think part of the problem is we've become so desensitized to this kind of shit that, like, we, sh you know, no offense to you, John, but like, this shouldn't even need to be a conversation. And, you know, it, it, the drivers have, right? It, it should just be, hey, we think that our drivers deserve to know exactly what they're going to get paid. So, um, you know, I mean, I can stomach a low base pay if I know. That the amount that I see is exactly the amount I'm going to get paid. Like that, that's just my perspective yeah. on it. Kim, what's your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree. You know, it's. Yeah, but I'm 100% transparency or nothing. It's an interesting. I, yeah, I get what John's saying too, but I've I mean, always I get said, what John's look, saying. You show it's an interesting conversation because. Yeah. You know, I, like, because he's right, you know, we're talking about a $5 minimum versus, you know, $2, two in some markets minimum. now. So it's, you know, it, it's a lose-lose. There are. Yeah, they, they bunch of markets just lowered. Uh, video coming, stay tuned, shameless plug. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll say this, you know, look, I, I we fought since day one for this. So, like, transparency is what it's all about. I mean, because even if you want other things, if you got full transparency on every platform, on every order, and you saw everything, 
and there was no acceptance rate. You have no, I'm sorry, but in my opinion, you have no reason to complain. Sometimes jobs don't pay well enough and you have to quit and move on. Sometimes things don't work out as you planned and you have to move on. Sometimes you leave the state and you take another job and you take roll the dice and take a chance. This is going to happen clearly when you look yeah. at most people that run their own businesses don't make it to year two. You don't make a profit till year three. So businesses often that start up don't make, don't make it. And yet every gig worker was making it during the pandemic. Now we're oversaturated and everybody's struggling. And the bottom line is whether, whether we like the analysis or not, the definition that we are independent contractors and that we set our own schedules and we are our own bosses is true. And if you can't make it work, you can't make it work. I mean, we can offer you lots of suggestions and it's always, I think there's a ton of valuable information on YouTube to go find, go find the plat. Like if you work, um, you know, I'm going to give John a a plug here because if you want to learn about shift, John has some of the best info out on YouTube on shift hands down. So, I mean, like if you want to learn about like, even go back and learn what shift did in the beginning, that was good. He's got that. And he's got the record taking you through the timeline to now and some of the tricks that you might need to know. And I hate using that word tips, tricks, but now it almost is necessary to know some tricks. You got to find it somehow. You know, it's, it's just, it's part of it. It's not that, it's not that, you know, Hey, this is a tips and tricks channel and this is clickbait and come over here and watch this. And I'm not going to teach anything. There are things to be taught. And there, there are ways to, and it sucks that we have to work this way. It sucks that we have to find this out. Because I, I honestly believe, here's, yeah. I've, I've said this since day one, I say it still today, even with the bad pay rates. If you just showed 100% complete transparency, the orders would not only all be still taken, but they'd be taken faster. I, I honestly believe that. that. I honestly, because I don't think, I don't think they'd be like, gosh, 20% of our our orders aren't being taken now. Bull. Everybody would take it. Somebody would take it. Yeah. I think more often than not, to add to your point, I think I decline an order that could potentially be better than, uh, except one that I think, uh, I think I got that backwards. Hopefully you get what I'm saying. Like I, I I don't accept orders. I decline them because I'm not going to gamble on it. Right. But that's just me personally. No, and and I I mean I guess you know, I think that may, is it maybe part of it. The, I always try and wrap my head around part of it. So this week I tried to wrap it around a new part. Maybe part of it. And I'm not saying this is okay, but is the fact of what would they do about tip baiting, which has become a bigger problem than it was. I mean, I remember a year ago we were talking about this, and some people were like, "I don't think that really exists." Like you're saying, I don't think that's it's everywhere. It's everywhere now. I don't see how people are skeptical. But if you're getting upfront pricing and complete transparency and you're taking screenshots, how would they deal with tip baiting? Because at the end of the night, you'd be like, hey, I made this much money. When I'm working in a bar, I get every one of my tips. There aren't people calling in going, hey, take that tip off my credit card slip and I'll come back in and sign for it. I decided the guy sucked. That doesn't happen. So you know what? Like, Right. But something I don't get and I will never get, I am, I just... I don't even understand how these companies even allow it. I think it's dis- I think it's disgusting to be honest with you. And I I don't think it's, it's getting issue. better. I think it's getting worse. Like I yeah, it you is. saw it here and there, but especially during pandemic times, but like I think it's literally getting 
worse instead of better. And I think the whole customers also reporting stuff missing. I'm like, wow, I thought we were past this. And like, it happens still all the time. And I'm like, really? We didn't get past this yet? Like, it's still happening. And it's, uh, it's to me, it's just disgusting that we're even companies are allowing it to happen. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I I'm going some... to compare nurses for a second. Okay, I have, I have, I have a couple nurse nurses in my family. And I'm going to use the pandemic. Because during the pandemic, they worked more hours than they've ever worked in their life. Hands down. They weren't getting time off. They, they, they were having emotional breakdowns. And these were people who, norm, who weren't at an age where they were having these yet. These weren't happening to them. They came about from no sleep, period. Um, and what they were seeing. And in the beginning, we all remember, it doesn't matter how you feel about the whole pandemic, but the bottom line is, in the beginning, none of us knew what was going on. There were a lot of people dying. Um, and, it was, and it was ugly. And, the, and they were in there. And I don't know if you guys remember, you probably will when I say it, but do you remember like when they would come out of work every night and they'd get like applause in every city? Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember like nurses would come out and people would like be on their balconies even when we were locked in, whatever. And they're giving these people full applause and it didn't make, it didn't make them feel like gods or anything. It just made it that little bit easier to do the job that was being so hard. Now we are in a major nursing shortage. Nobody wants to be a nurse anymore. Why would you? Pay sucks. Um, and you're, 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 you're under the same like guidelines as like W2 workers now, which, you know, um, I saw Sergio put, you know, time for everybody to get a W2 earlier, but you know, I don't think that's the case either. Cause I don't think W2s are safe anymore. We've talked about this many times. I, I think that W2s are, you know, if you can get one that you love, yeah, go for it. But if you're just getting a W2 to get one, maybe look a little harder try something i mean i just feel like you're if you're just going oh, i'm gonna land this job it's not like back in the day where they're gonna promote you treat you awesome upgrade you up the ladder there as soon as they need to thin it out you're gone and there's no like hesitation yeah. or feeling bad about it there's no if, if i ever go back to the w2 i'm shooting for like the moon like i'm shooting for like the ceo of something like i am going like all out and going for a job I've never done before and the highest level I can possibly do just because if I'm going to go, go back, my God, it's going to be worth me going back to a W2. Yeah. Kim is going to like be the head of NASA or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if you know this, Zach, but I've been challenging everybody to every month, just send out one, um, one application. You know, put a resume together, even if it's not the best looking thing, because I think it'll get people to make clean it up a bit, even if they're set on doing this work for a while, because I think you should have one filed away and it should be cleaned up and updated. But send one out every month, one, pick a dream job and go for the moon. Like, look at it and if it like six <laughs> figures, I, I could never get a six figure job. That's not going to work. Just go for it. Make that your one. But make sure it's something that you love and that you're Chip willing to really stick to. And then write a, a cover letter that's unique <laughs> and don't follow the the patterns of a Word document cover letter template. Go for it. Write your own personalized one that gets out there on why you're really attracted to this job, why you think that you're the right match, even though you might have, might have all the education they're looking for. Because I honestly believe that employers are looking more for that right now than I graduated from this. Um, I have a horrible attitude. I suck. 
give me the job. To to add I, to your point, Google has their own like training program or something, like their own like university type of thing, where if you complete that, you could actually get hired by Google for a six figure job in you know in in various tech fields. Like, it's freaking Google who's saying, yeah, now screw the four year degree. We'll teach you what you need to know, and we want to bring on the people who are passionate about it. Yeah, that's where jobs are going. I think they they want people, especially nowadays, where everybody knows that the best way to get a raise if you get a job is to job hop. Tenure is going to be short, so they want you there. They want you to burn bright like a fire, and then uh, once you're burnt out of them, they squeeze you for what you're worth. Uh, they got what they need. You get what you need. You move on. They move on too. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess this whole episode has been kind of um, the downfall of humanity. Is that the name of it? I no, I think we just gave people good job advice. There. Crash and burn. <laughs> At least, you know, like, honestly, guys, like, I know that you're all, maybe a lot of you are saying, I'm not doing a resume because I'm not looking for a job. We keep doing this gig economy stuff. That's fine. But I do believe that even if it's just once a month, every other month, every third month, opening up your resume and just reading it once, and then saying, oh, I could change a couple lines and doing that and sending it out to one, one place. Just pick one. And I mean, I use your use yeah. your words. Get get clever. You gotta get clever these days. Get clever and be like, you know, passing me up would be the worst move you've ever made. So I'll like, take it a step further with the job description. <laughs> find that dream job. Dear potential employer. And you make it match. Like, oh, I I'm that. telling you, I said when the Netflix. If you don't hire me, you're me, a dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking for Netflix next but week. make it That's make it I your voice. Watch out, people! I'm going for Netflix. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, honestly, make it your voice because I think these people Dr. are Pepper. sick of looking at the at the same old generic cover letters. Like, oh, he went to this and he did this and he had a job once before the pandemic. Yeah. Great, let's this, hire him. That's the guy who's going to go first. This reminds me of uh, that. <laughs> this, this reminds me of that show, that movie, uh, Legally Blonde. Did you ever see that? And that like video essay she did like in the hot tub, you know, because she was trying to like stand out and boy, did she <laughs> <laughs> put like the wildest shit. We're not saying you ever. need to, to be Reese Witherspoon in a hot tub, but <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> if you could get Reese Witherspoon in a, in a, in a hot tub to, to do this for you, that'd be sweet. Probably get the job. You know? That guy yeah. has influence. <laughs> But I mean, honestly, you're going to, this is how I feel. You know, if there's a, if there's a dream job out there, go for it. Even if like you were, if you're so sure there's no, I would, but there's no way I'd get it. I, I, I believe that before the pandemic, that, that is true. I believe that without the right schooling and everything that necessarily didn't even make the difference. I believe that was hundred percent true. I don't believe that's true anymore. I believe employers are willing to look past and I believe employers even know, look, we don't have. 10, 30, 40, start a job with us and their career with us type people anymore. People are bouncing from six to eight to 10 W2s in a lifetime. So to hold on to them for however long you can, people are looking for fun, outside the box type people to work with. Something to make it clever, fun, and and hopefully not have to fire them. You know, it's because, I mean, these bosses don't get a choice either. So I guess what, when I say the W-2 isn't as strong, I just mean like, unless it's totally for you, 
I mean, I get needing money. And if you if the gig economy isn't working, you have to take a W-2. That's fine. But keep looking for a job. Because at some point, this this faucet of being able to get jobs you might not be qualified for, it will go away. Oh, yeah. Take it for now and get that get those things on your resume. Especially if you don't think that you're, you know, a lifetime gig economy or independent contractor. So I I have a couple other stories that I'm going to push to tomorrow, but I do. Let's end with two funny ones just because <laughs> it's been a night. So I'm going to do one and then Kim has one too that she's going to do. I'm just going to do the, uh, it, this comes out all the time. And there has been a couple of them recently. This is from Money Watch. It's the weirdest items passenger lead behind an Uber's. And I, I found this kind of funny. I always think that they're funny, but not all the not all of the things not all of the items are all the time. But some of these are pretty funny. So um, the most unusual uh, items reported missing: a Danny DeVito Christmas ornament. Uh, people also left behind animals, toy poodle, hamsters, two turtles, a rat. But then here's some of the things that were left by more than one peop- one more than one person: a fog machine an ankle monitor, a unicycle, (laughs) (laughs) pregnancy tests, 16 ounces of fake blood, um, remote controlled vibrator, um, which is disgusting if you do in rideshare because what was going on back there? there. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars style lightsabers, which it's the four, may the fourth be with you. (laughs) It's the fourth. Um, Two fingernails, <laughs> fake tooth, a single uh, Gucci loafer. <laughs> they were drunk and walk out with that. You know, I just Gucci 16 loafer. ounces of fake blood. Okay. Well, what? What? <laughs> what you... Oh, well, it's fake blood. <laughs> that scares Maybe me more. What are you doing with fake blood? They were in it. I don't know. <laughs> I want to know what the deal with the hamster was. Like, why was there a random hamster in an Uber? Why was there a rat? <laughs> Ew. Was it New York? Well, I don't know. Was it somebody's pet though? They got oh, we lost the rat on the ride. Like, that's your pet? <laughs> well, because these are items lost by people, <laughs> and a rat is listed. But now, how does somebody lose? But how does somebody lose a toy poodle, right? I mean, that's that's like boof boof, right? Like that's somebody's baby right there. How do you leave boof boof in an Uber? When you're a mom yeah. and you're absent-minded, you forget a and lot little... of stuff. <laughs> but like, furthermore, how did the driver not notice that? Like, excuse me, you forgot your rat dog. Because they're drunk. And they passed out during the ride, and they got out, and they dropped their wallet and their keys in the car and something in the street, and then their dog's in a cage in the back and one of those little carriers. But can you imagine if you're the driver and, like, you think the passenger got out and, like, you pull off and all of a sudden you hear, like, wrestling around in your back seat, you're like, Yeah. Thomas puts this up here, and I'll I'll say to this that, yes, that is called the Richard Gear ride. (laughs) <laughs> sorry richard gear <laughs> but you did it man not me <laughs> um can, can, we, can you, we highlight sergio's you, comment which one at the bottom okay let me see yeah 
<laughs> the only one that gets a reference. You're right, dude. It was a gerbil. <laughs> what? Isn't a gerbil? Wait, isn't a gerbil a hamster anyway? What's the difference? <laughs> I don't know, but I have a feeling that the person who left it in the Uber could t- tell you. <laughs> I mean, I am curious what the difference is. I mean, is the hamster bigger? Because they're the same looking thing, right? They both just look like little know. fluffy rats. Well, big teeth. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm the I, I'm still yeah. tripping out about the uh, about the poodle. <laughs> you can't get over the poodle. Maybe they put it in the trunk. Like, dude, that just know. freaks me out, man. Like <laughs> in the trunk. Well, remember, okay, remember in something about Mary, we were talking about movies. Has anybody has yeah. everybody seen that? Remember when they yeah. leave the car the dog in a cast on top of the car? <laughs> and then they get there and he's is that the one with the hair scene? <laughs> yes. yes. That is that movie. Yeah. Okay. So that maybe they put maybe they were okay. putting it on top when they were loading everything in and then they got to their destination and it wasn't there and they forgot about it. And they're like, Where's the dog? <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be left behind, though. I don't know. I don't know. But Kim has one other f- funny story to before we uh, get out of here tonight. That. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right, but it's good. So a DoorDash driver um, thought that she was texting her DoorDash customer um, a meme, and um, she accidentally texted the DoorDash customer a picture of her genitals. <laughs> Why was that in the same folder with your memes in the first place? I, she says it was in her picture. Yeah, she was, well, she was trying to send a gif. She yeah. said she was trying to send, a, it, she intended to send a harmless gif. But instead, she sent a picture of her labia. Or junk. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I mean, Kim can finish the story, but Man, she, um, she basically yeah, said I'm that she out of this. she's going to get deactivated <laughs> and she didn't, she had nothing happened to her. So I guess the customer didn't do or say anything, but can you imagine if oh, you were that customer getting that? <laughs> what? So hey, I mean, no, I mean if you want to get specific, something, they probably just didn't say anything. Well, it, it was, it, well, if you want to be specific, it was a labia with a pimple on it. Okay, I wasn't going to go there. John, you went there. <laughs> I just read the article for the first time in detail. Okay, like, oh did, any, did anybody notice this? First of all, this girl's name is Amy Helen. You can go look her up on TikTok. And by the way, did anybody notice her handle? No. I did notice the handle. but Sunflower uh... Slut. <laughs> Well, then there you have so if you, it. If you, if you want to go find her, she's Sunflower's slut on TikTok. John, I'm sure somebody... Could you imagine accidentally sending... <laughs> could you imagine what would happen if I don't you think it was accidentally. accidentally no, no, I'd be in jail. I'd be in jail. Yeah. I'd be in a oh, yeah, Right? Exactly, dude. Like We would definitely be on some lists. Dude, the, so, I mean, here's just a, here's three of the comments that were made, and obviously these aren't even probably the best ones. But I would I, these are people commenting on her th- on her video. I would have to flee the country. I'd be up I'd be up at night thinking about it for the next forty years. Somebody else says, um, "You couldn't waterboard this info out of me. I am dying." Wrote another person. 
I am truly sorry. This is the stuff of nightmares. My side hurts. <laughs> These are the comments being made. And I'm thinking they're saying, just look at her handle. I think she sent it to the driver and she expected, maybe she hoped something would happen. Like, okay, I'm into this driver. And he was like, dude, what the heck? And she's like, oh my God, did I send that to you? Whoops. I got a story. <laughs> Go. I got a story, man. Uh, back in the W2 days, I worked at a major uh, cell phone company and I did customer service for them. And back then, depending on the type of phone you had, uh, it could upload to the cloud. And depending on the type of troubleshooting that we had to do, sometimes, depending on the device, we could actually see the pictures that they had uploaded. And I saw some really gross shit a few times. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there with like these like big, like, you know, and those monitors were not small. I'm talking like, you know, like HR violation sized monitors. And man, I'm just like turning around, like trying to like look at my, my supervisor. Like, it's not me. I'm not jacking it at work, man. It was, uh, I was, it was bad. And then on top yeah. of that, the worst thing is, is you have to, uh, you know, keep yourself composed while still talking to this person while looking at their snatch. Yeah. That was the toughest part of that whole thing. Yeah. Sorry, I took it there. No, John no, no. Pimple, I, I did the, it, yeah. it, no, this, this is... I, this mean, is... But I, I, I just have a hard time with her handle. I read this whole thing, and, I, and it wasn't until I went back and read it that I saw the handle. When I saw the handle, I was like, I'm not into this story anymore. <laughs> well, you know, the sad thing is, in today's society, two people, they saw that, they heard the story, they saw the handle... And then she got a lot of followers on TikTok and probably a, lot, a bunch of DMs, I'm sure. <laughs> it's unfortunately, but that's what happened in today's society. I'm surprised in today's world of TikTok, why didn't that tech show up on TikTok the other way around? Hey, this is what my DoorDash driver sent me. Well, I'm surprised. Yeah. You're true. It's like, oh, I found this. This is you. Like, I'm the guy. I got that. Yeah, I mean, I accidentally <laughs> sent a picture of my labia. I'm with John. Why is your a picture of your labia next to your gifts? But maybe she was meant to send that to a doctor later. That's what I'm going to say. You're Why would like, you oh. send it to your doctor? You just go to a doctor. Well, because <laughs> I don't know. Doctors, I just sent picture. I don't need it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So and she also reveals that that after all this, she gets she was happy that she got to keep her job and it didn't affect it. So I'm very surprised also that nobody else turned her in. Usually these TikToks get people in trouble, even if it didn't happen. So I'm not really sure what this is all about. Um, but again, you know, next um, week show driver. One, one, one of her quote, one of her quotes is one of her quotes is I'm mortified and I'm never going to recover. I deleted the pictures now. Yeah, right. No, you didn't. Sure you did. But at what, but no, at what cost? She's not. She made a TikTok about it. <laughs> Some well, man thinks I'm like a horrific. sexual predator now. And again, I got to do this, you guys. If it was any, if it was Zach, John, or me that did this, we'd be in jail. Yeah. We'd be arrested. Definitely would be jail. deactivated. Definitely would be deactivated. I think we'd be That would be a different headline altogether. Yeah. DoorDash driver arrested for... No. Yeah. DoorDash driver. Right. And it could be a total accident too. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I, I truly believe we would be in jail. Like unless you just got somebody who's 100%, super cool dude. and 
did you mean to send this to me? Like, no, I said that to my mom. Sorry. I'm like, sure that, your that mom? Would be somewhere out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know how a guy's going to get out of this. Oh, one. this devolved quickly. I told you we were going to go down this. <laughs> we were trying to make happy stories and we're all smiling. So, hey, it worked. Hey, you know what, though? I will say this. I do believe that tonight's stories were very important. Um, sometimes we do a lot of play and some serious stories. And tonight was a lot of serious. And hopefully there was enough play mixed in. It looked like there was. A, I was watching. There was a lot of chat going on. So I'm glad that uh, everybody was seemed into it. You know, I mean... I'm glad that you guys were off to the side talking about it too, because these are big deals. These are changes being made to the way, to our way of life, to the way we work. And if you're not paying attention to them, they're going to, they're going to creep up on you no matter what state you live in too. Might not be as bad, might not be as life altering, but they're still going to happen. Changes are coming. Um, uh, <laughs> Sergio, this is great. I'm almost drunk. <laughs> <laughs> So he was projecting. Uh, he was accusing me of drinking beer on stream. Somebody the wrong picture. <laughs> so um, before we get out of here, though, Kim, what do you got going on this week, next week? Um, What's coming up? Oh my goodness, there's so much going on. Um, so for me, I've just for my channel, I've just been you know doing more informational videos, um, shorts, a whole bunch of mixture of stuff. Um, Tuesday is um, my life. Are we are we saying anything, Zach? Yet? Yeah. Go anyway, for it. I'll say it anyway. Um, Zach and I are doing a live together on Tuesday, um, so join us at eight PM on Tuesday. We're going to cross our channels again for a live on Tuesday. Wednesday, we are with the Rideshare guy, Zach and I, from Money Hungry, and Steve will be with us on Wednesday. So he will be nice. our first guest. So I'm so super excited. So definitely check us out next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, so 5 p.m. Pacific on the Rideshare Guy. Thursdays, I'm back here with you guys. This and, is actually kind um, of. This is actually kind of uh, poetic in a way because uh, Steve was the first channel that I was on for a live stream, and now he's going to be our first guest. So it's kind of come full circle. So that's that's freaking awesome. That's awesome, Steve. I appreciate you, man. Oh, I appreciate you too, man. We've always, and I was on. I think maybe it wasn't your first, but I feel like I was on one of your first your channel's live streams too. I don't do many. Yeah, I don't. Right, I know. So yeah, Uh, definitely from the first like five. Yeah, (laughs) Sergio. Sorry to interrupt, Kim. No, you're good. My camera just went a little wacky. Hold up. You're both deactivated. <laughs> Don't worry, Sergio. That, well, we are going to spread the love, I promise. They're just practicing on me, bro. So it's all good. Um, and Kim, when do you sleep? I don't. Yeah. I don't know what so- sleep is. Zach, what about you? I know you were just, you kind of hinted at it a couple times. So I know you got something coming. Yeah. So I've been working on a video for um, about a month at this point. And part of that's procrastination. Part of it's actually making sure that the information I'm putting out there is correct. So uh, I've been slowly getting that together and uh, editing part of it, filming part of it. it. It's, it's just kind of in pieces right now and I'm slowly working on putting it all together. Uh, on top of that, uh, like I said, I've got, or like Kim said, excuse me, I've got the live with her on Tuesday at uh, 
8 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday. And then Wednesday, we do Money Hungry on oh. RSG. Uh, Tuesday for, yeah. And then yep. Wednesday is the live stream for RSG. So we've got that going on. Uh, I am working on multiple videos. Uh, I just put up my first short in like two months, something like that, three months. So uh, just kind of getting back in the swing of things. My uh, my videos have kind of been slower and slower to be released. So I'm trying to, you know, get the momentum back up with that. So, but really quick, I just want to take a moment to give some huge props to Kim. Like she is crushing it. Like if you look at her last like two weeks, like she is speaking about the things that people want to hear about. And she she is just full of information. She is a wealth of information. And and it's been fantastic working with her too. Aw, thanks, Zach. I think all of us feel that way about Kim. Awesome. I don't know when she wasn't I don't know when she wasn't crushing it though. You said the last couple of weeks. I'm like you know, yeah, Kim's no, her views though specifically always... are like through the roof. Yeah, Kim's really. always crushed like, it, but her views specifically are like through the roof, and she's doing an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I think when it. you do it enough, I mean, Kim does it every day. When you do it enough, you get better at something. <laughs> you just keep getting like better. Think she so. does do it every I mean, day. Hard work pays off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I you mean, said like, this a couple different times, but the hardest working. Hardest work of women in gig business. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I've, and for those of you that haven't heard it, I've said it many times, but I call her the James Brown of the gig realm, just because I think she is. I think that other than minus the going to jail and all that stuff, it wouldn't be a good show if we didn't go there. Huh? <laughs> no jail, but I was, I, you know, I, I appreciate all of you, and you know, we're, Zach and I are just having a blast um, doing this new show together, and. It's always fun connecting with all of you guys and everything that we do. And I took um, a chance and, you know, I completely changed the direction of my channel this year. And I said, it's either going to succeed or fail miserably. I was hoping for the success part of it. Um, but you never know what you're going to get when you change course and change direction. And, you know, that's exactly what I did these past couple of months and, you know, keep changing with the times. And I just appreciate every single one of you guys. Yeah, I think all of us can say that. I think all of us. Appreciate I appreciate everybody here on the panel. I appreciate everybody here in this chat. I think the Thursday night chat is is one of the best groups of people. I mean, we even the new people that pop in always seem to have a fun time. Um, I know they get overwhelmed because, as Gary says, Steve gives everybody a handle. It's like it's like Texas and a gun. If you buy something, you get a gun. You come here, you get a handle, you get a wrench. <laughs> As long as I know that you know you're good people, you're not gonna you're not gonna maliciously use it. I like people to be able to share information, and you can't do it without a wrench. It's, you know, they need to have different levels of things because I would I would let everybody have the level that allowed you to share, yeah. and that's that's a big thing to me. Um, but John, what do you got going on? Yeah, just uh, more Spark content. I just did my uh, well my uh, going from forty percent to basically a hundred percent acceptance rate. And then, uh, so got some videos breaking all that down. I know I gave a lot of information out of the series, but going to boil it down to the uh, the meat and cheese of the matter. And uh, so I got that coming up, and uh, some other videos. I got some more tips. I got, got a couple of shorts probably coming out, helping out people with shopping and deliver orders. Um, just uh, yeah, more content to help the people. 
but specifically spark content that's uh that's the uh, bread and butter right now i was gonna say that's what your last your last few videos by the way if you haven't seen uh um if you haven't seen john's last few videos go check them out because they're they're really good ones on spark not that again we were talking about how his good ones on ship but these were the last couple were really good ones on spark too yeah. so again john's it's it's one of those things where you keep doing it you keep getting better john's proof of that too i mean john's crushing it with with spark literally yeah, crushing john, it yeah. Thank you. I think whenever John puts in the time for videos, I think his videos come out amazing. So I I'm think telling that... you, when I went on to Shipped, the first thing I did is I watched everything John did on Shipped. So I was like prepared for my very first day and wealth of information. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I try to give people information on, on Instagram, John. Really? <laughs> I'm going through my editing. I'm like, oh, this is, yeah. I... Yeah, you're. Yeah, I mean, and and John's channel's grown too. They, I know a lot of channels my have, feet. I'm always like, Ooh. have slowed a little bit in growth. Um, even some of the good channels that I really like, but I've seen John. John's over three thousand now, and I was trying to put up something I didn't get to say it out loud. But congrats to Zach too, because he went over ten. Well, I mean, let's, let's be honest, man. Zach, Zach's been. I mean, Zach's been crushing it. You know, I crush it in an underground way where people got to really get a taste for me before they can like, decide to fully bite in. <laughs> Nah. you know well no i mean i talk about some if you catch me at the wrong time you might catch me at a heated moment and go what the hell is this guy talking about you know but i mean i think that you know enough it's i think some people also don't want to hear what's really going on i do believe that um but then i you know i get a, the the one thing i do feel like i get is people who do follow this channel end up communicating with me in really crazy ways, like long emails. Like we really, I don't know if you guys get that as much, but I really have a very intimate relationship with all, almost all of my, all the people watching the channel and, uh, and the audio podcast as well. You know, it's three years now. Yeah. I just did the three year anniversary a couple of weeks ago and that's a whole different ball game. I think that's so, what people, I, I think that's what I love I about that, you is you're like, you're not just YouTube, like you have your own website, you have your own podcast that has been successful before YouTube mm -hmm. and you're bringing like everything and everybody together and it gives us all a voice. We're, we're, we're the water cooler. We, we sit around, we yeah. chat, we hang out, we have good time and you brought all that together. Yeah. And all these people help bring Steve all that together in the, the whole community. That... Steve is the guy that you reach out to if you need to get to know somebody or want to have a conversation with somebody else. Steve, through his connections and his network, knows everybody. So if there was ever somebody that like I needed to like, hey, I want to talk to the whoever CEO or, you know, the you know, this content creator, right? Like Steve is the person that you talk to. And that's because of his network. Thanks, Sergio's good. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how I feel about that, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. I do. I think that you know, I think that everybody on this panel, and even when Gary and Hannibal are here too, but like tonight, even I think everybody we bring on this panel all offers a wealth of knowledge, and we all—it's not like we're all completely aligned and working the same app. We somehow come together and bring a wealth of knowledge. I think that 
covers a whole span of things that even opens up our eyes to other things. And then we do pieces on them. I might hear something that Kim says, and I'm like, wait, I need to look into that. And I jump down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and I'm looking for more. So um, I don't know. I, this is this Thursday night thing. And the, and again, the people who come into it every week are just, uh, you guys have just all been amazing. And, you, and it's really kind of shown me that it can, YouTube can be a clean and fun place too. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, get nasty sometimes. sometimes or yeah but i mean in here it really for a night show that goes on on a thursday night weekly i think we've got it pretty dialed I and mean, everybody in here and there's a lot of different voices in here but they all seem to keep it under control i don't know yeah that's how i feel anyway i feel like they're all it's a respectful crowd yeah and even if yeah. but even if it's not they come in here respectfully <laughs> like they're just like i don't want to be an ass in front of everybody yeah respectfully so. Yeah. So, um, again, I, I, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, obviously Hannibal and, uh, Gary will be back next week. Hopefully. <laughs> I guess you never know, but, um, congrats to Gary's kid. Yeah. Who, who is graduating. I think it's, is it called graduating? Gra- who is finishing? Um, graduating. Is it graduating? Yeah. I mean, he's graduating, you know, cause he's, he's moving on to like, actually getting i don't think he's leaving the country if he's moving to the next stage so i don't know if it's basic training or how you refer to it with navy you go from like basic training and then they go to like tech school and then you get stationed up okay so that's basic training he's now completed basic training right and so the gary's in chicago celebrating that with his son oh, so- um so i mean congrats on that that's huge i i can tell you guys this i remember a year ago when Gary was yeah. screaming at his kid to pull it together and figure out his life <laughs> in a Gary way. He was doing it nice. He wasn't being mean, but he was like enough. He's like, the kid was living in the house. He was out of high school. He's like, what are you going to do? And he wasn't doing anything. And, you know, and Gary kind of had to lay down the law and say, figure something out, man. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what he figured out. And I think that, I think that, uh, I think that it's great. You know, I think that he, that decision came and he made it and he stuck with it and he did it and he did it well. Gary and I have talked about how well he did. Gary's super proud of him. And I also want to throw out um, a quick uh, prayer to traders family. Um, This is still not over. He's still going through this. I know that things are getting better. Um, I've texted with him a few times and, uh, and I've been in touch with him and I've been watching his update videos. Um, so, you know, if anybody wants to, if you go to Dashing Traders channel and look on his community post, you can see that they're doing a GoFundMe. Um, I don't want to get into the story, but you guys can learn about it over there because he very openly talks about it. It's not a secret. Um, but if you have a couple extra bucks and you're able to help out, they're going through a lot right now. So, um He's a good guy, and I, I don't know. I think that if, you, if you're able to help at all, you know, even little bits help. So anything helps. Everything helps. Yeah. He's in, he's in one of those positions, and I'm not somebody to plug, so, like, a GoFundMe unless it's legit. And this is as legit in my book as it comes because his daughter's, what, six? You know, I mean, this is, I mean, that this shouldn't happen to anybody. No parent should have to go through this. Um but he seems to be holding it together and I'm glad his daughter's doing better. Um, but that said, uh, you know, everybody, uh, I want to, I want to thank, 
I was going to say, like I always do the amazing panel, but two of them are gone. So I want to thank Kim and Kim and John. And I want to thank <laughs> our guest, Zach. I don't want to thank the whole panel. No, just I'll, I'll thank Gary and, and Hannibal too, of course. Um, and I want to thank all of you for joining us tonight. And I want to say be safe and earn smart, you guys. And be safe. I've always, that's my sign off for the audio podcast. What's up, UDM? How you doing, man? Showing up at the last minute. Hey, um, what up, UDM? <laughs> yeah it's good to see you UDM um, but uh, I want to say to everybody that the be safe part of safe and earn smart um, I think that's the most important right now because like Kim was talking about earlier you know there is things going on in the delivery space that we only used to equate to the rideshare space and now it seems even more prevalent in the delivery space so, you know, I, I even used to think this only happens in rideshare. This wouldn't happen in delivery. And now it's happening in delivery a lot. These aren't like stories that happen every month. These are happening weekly. That's scary. I mean, so it's, 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 getting, it's getting crazy out there. I don't think, just think it's the gig economy. I just think that's an easy target for people. And like we were talking about tonight, I think that a lot of people are just not themselves anymore and they need we need to all figure out a way to get back to that so um that said you guys have a great night and again be safe earn smart peace y'all have a good night and uh we'll see you back here next week there it is What's up, guys? Well,